This is Locked On NFL Draft. After a crazy weekend in the Big 12, which quarterbacks are on fire, which are forgettable? Who is the number one receiver prospect at Ohio State? And who's a standout guy that we haven't talked about and honestly nobody's talking about? We're going to get into all that today on Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft. Your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Locked On NFL Draft. I am your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And as always, I'm joined by my guy, Ryan Tracy. Ryan, I usually ask how you're doing, but I'm pretty sure... I know the vibes are up a little bit. Kansas, big win over Texas. Right? Out of nowhere. Uh, now, Texas has had a little bit of a slide, but Rock Chalk, you know, you got to take it where you can get it. I think it's a program building thing, and there's a lot of Jayhawk action today. George Armstrong's playing for the Cowboys. We got this thing. We got quarterbacks kind of falling apart or really starting to rise. Like, I'm pretty excited about today. Uh, we're going to start with Fire Forget on the quarterbacks around the nation. Croc, where, who, who stood out to you the most? Where should we start? I think Kenny Pickett, you know, he's been a guy that has really been up right now. And, and there's, I think he's kind of a little bit more under the spotlight, like each week, right? Each week is like, okay, Kenny Pickett, okay, can he do it again? And I watched the game, obviously, Pittsburgh, they jumped out early. I thought he kind of leveled out. But just in the sense of seeing some of the things that you want to see from a pro prospect, some of the throws he was able to make, the NFL throws. I've talked about how this, this game now in college football is so wide open. Guys aren't really asked to make NFL throws. I thought he showed the ability to do that. Had a receiver. Gosh, I should have wrote his name down. Number three. He was terrific all game. Uh, had a few big plays. But uh, Kenny Pickett, man, that's the first guy. He's continuing to kind of be on fire. So, uh, yeah, I, I really like what I saw from him. I agree with you. And it's continuing to move forward, but still maintaining the one thing that you don't want to see happen. We saw it happen with the Heisman hopeful this weekend. 32 to four touchdown interception ratio. And that's really the bottom line is, are you helping your team? Or are you setting them up to have to deal with your mistakes as well? And so I think that's setting him apart as well. He's on fire. I completely agree. Next guy for you that I know you watch is Carson Strong, Nevada. I, I think, again, progression here. He should be, I think, solidifying his position in, in the draft class, right? You know, he's a guy, It's he's kind of up and down from week to week, though. I watched him against Fresno State, and he struggled. All they did was put, like, a too-high shell and made him kind of have to throw underneath. And, again, I keep going back to this, throw, make those NFL throws. And, I don't know, from week to week, he's just so inconsistent. So, I'm kind of going to forget him yeah, for right okay. now. I, I, you know, but, again, he's had those big games. I've seen play, games where he's had big, but I just think, He's not playing in like the SEC or even the Big 12 or Pac-12 or anything like that, Big 10. So I, I would like to see a little bit more consistency from him, especially for someone who is a big guy. He's not the most athletic guy. He's going to have to win week in and week out with his arm and his mind. I'm not sure if he do that. So I'm going to forget him for right now. I'm going to be with you, too, because I'm I'm starting to lose a little bit of faith that that upper echelon is something that he's meant for. There's a couple other guys that I think are in that same spot. I will forget him as well. Who's next? Oh, man, got to go with uh, Sam Howell. Now, he played yep. against Kenny Pickett in the Pittsburgh game, and he made it a game. Started off, and I'm like, uh, it just the way it looks, right? And, again, we will get into the, the in-depth analysis of all of these guys coming out. But right now, we're watching them. 
What does it look like? What's the feeling? And it just seems like there's just something not quite right when it comes to Sam Howell every single time I watch him. And it started week one against Virginia Tech when they did the whole Sandman thing and the crowd was rocking. Virginia Tech went in there or went and, and beat UNC, who had favored in that game. Since then, it's just been kind of he, – he hasn't been as bad as the Virginia Tech game, but I feel like I'm not seeing what I thought I would see, which was a potential top 10 pick at the quarterback position. That's kind of what I thought too. I'm going to say that as good as this was, this was like a little spark, but I wouldn't call it a flame. So I'm still going to say forget on him right now, only because yeah. everybody uses the term roller coaster, right? I, I think of it more as a his season as a tilt a whirl, right? Like it's so up and down, but it's pretty consistent. And the fact that you're consistently inconsistent is a negative in scouts' eyes. It might be fun if you're a fan of that team, but I don't think that it helps you move up in the draft class itself. That brings me to real quick when a guy that I, I've been kind of hiding one of my my prospects that I wasn't going to tell anybody about yet, but the way Bailey Zappi's playing at Western Kentucky, yes, folks, you're going to have to pay attention to a couple of offensive prospects from Western Kentucky. He's now leading the NCAA in yardage at over 4,000, uh, 42 touchdowns, seven interceptions. This is starting to remind me of a guy that wears number 15 in Kansas City and starting to make me a little bit nervous, but do we got to put him into the conversation at this point? You're gonna to have to, especially if he continues to play at you know at this pace. And and I don't not to say that he has to be a top guy, but just a guy that should be mentioned, you know, maybe as a day two pick, right? And guys mm -hmm. come on late all the time and end up still getting drafted. You know, we had a Davis Mills out of Stanford last year. He he wasn't a guy that was highly thought of throughout the entire process. But as the draft process started, like after the season, people started paying a little bit more to David Mills and seeing how Davis Mills was throwing the ball, his mobility, where he was good, where he needed to improve. Ultimately, he ended up being, I believe it was a day two pick uh, to the Houston Texans. And he's been able to start some games this year. So, uh, you know, maybe he can be a quarterback like that where he might never be mentioned at the top of the um, the draft, a first round guy, but potentially you know, a, day, a day two guy. And I think that'll be a win for him. I, I think you nailed it. He needs to be in the conversation, especially once we get to the offseason and, and that evaluation cycle begins. For me, it's all relative, though, because you have to take in the level of competition, certainly, but he is on fire. So, I mean, that's legit. He is playing that well. And we've seen the history of North Dakota State quarterbacks lately. Obviously, Trey just going last year, Carson. Like, there's this history of smaller school guys being able, it's about your skill set when you get to the league, it's about your mental capacity to, to process what you see in front of you. So, I think we will leave him in the conversation. I'm looking forward to that. Another one that we need to get to coming up next, folks. Who's the real wide receiver one at Ohio State? And does that show up in the draft class or just on the college field? Right. I can't wait to talk about that. But another thing that we need to talk about is, like, does this sound familiar to you guys? I mean, we got one device that's letting us watch a game live. We have another one that's letting us stream our, stream our favorite TV shows. And we're watching highlights from our phone with our neighbors best friends phone login and all that good stuff i know i've done that i'm pretty sure a lot of you guys have been there but there is a better and more simple way to achieve all the entertainment that you love without the hassle of having to go through all of that and it's called direct tv stream and it brings your live tv to you and on demand all your favorite shows that you like to watch all in one place whether it's sports movies or just your favorite tv shows that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part about it, there's no annual contract. So that's awesome. You don't got to sign this two-year contract and then uh, after six months, you want to get out of it. So get rid of the clutter 
and get rid of the confusion and get to you know your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more about this by going to directtv.com, right? That's directtv.com. And this is compatible device. You know, got to find out if you have the right uh, device that's required for it. But I can use it on my Xbox. I can use it on my Fire Stick. I'm pretty sure you guys can have something at home where you can use it as well. But let's get to some of these uh, receivers at Ohio State. And they have... They have two that have the big name. They have another one, uh, Jackson Smith. I only want to try to butcher his last name. And he's been productive as well. But I think the two, because heading into this draft class, there was a lot of talk about who, you know, Chris Olave. It really, I believe it started last year, right? Should he come out? Why didn't he come out? And I'm not sure. I thought he would have been a pretty highly drafted player in the 2020 draft, 2021 draft, mm -hmm. excuse me. Elected to stay for his senior year. And I think Garrett Wilson is kind of still in the show a little bit. What what do you see? What differences do you see between the two guys? It's I think it's it's clear that obviously uh, Olave's got more touchdowns, right? In critical situations, maybe that's what Stroud wants to look for, right? But I think Wilson runs a more powerful stem, to tell you the truth, in order to combat getting bodied up a little bit. I think that he has a little bit more jab step there to really break loose at the point where he diverges from the vertical port of, portion of, of his routes. Whereas Lobby, I think, is a lot more uh, silky to me, I guess, is a good way to put yeah, it, right? Smooth. He moves well, right? And so I, I think it's it's a juxtaposition of how are you trying to get open? What is the tools that you're using? I think they're both playing to their own strengths, but it's been a lobby for so long, except for a couple of people here and there. They were like, hey, hey, hang on a minute. Oh, Wilson's there to say uh, he's not alone. And it feels like it's shifting as the season goes on. And uh, and I'm not going to try to butcher his name either, but Jackson, I'm going to call him JSN from now on, just so I don't, you know, step I on I think anything. that's what they were calling him on TV. <laughs> oh, well, okay. They're smart. Then. Yeah. I'll go with that. But like, that's another guy in the pipeline that you got to keep an eye on. And so for me, when you have that third option, it's not a one-two punch, but now you have three legit receivers, right? Who steps their game up from that point when you have to take target share back? And I think that's where Wilson's stepping forward a little bit. But for me, the question becomes, we've seen it with other duos in the past, right? Is this Wilson is able to move ahead because of the attention put on Olave, or is it chicken or the egg? You know, I actually think he's able to move ahead just because of his, his just his game in general right now. Olave, this is a guy, we watched him in the college football playoffs uh, with Justin Fields throwing 60-yard bombs to Olave downfield. But Garrett Wilson... He's just a little bit more, and again, there's no knock on Olave. He is a guy that has good vertical speed, but Wilson is just more explosive. He's more explosive. He's more twitchier. They line him up inside. They line him up outside. On his one of his touchdown catches, you were able to see just the body control. And I actually tweeted the video out at Eric underscore Crocker. If you're not following me already, but I tweeted the video out of him, like just the adjustment to the pass. And a lot of responses I got were. Odell Beckham, oh, look, Odell Beckham looks like o OBJ. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know how many retweets I got, but I'd say at least 10 to 15 of them talked about he's rem reminiscent of an Odell Beckham type of uh, caliber of prospect. And then the way the NFL is going right now, teams want to just get the ball in, in your hands however they can. So whether it is them throwing goal routes to Wilson, that's terrific. His route running, his body con control. But then he, they give him an end around. And he scores on a 51-yard run. So he had three touchdown re receptions, uh, nine catches for, uh, excuse me, uh, what is it, 10 catches for 126 yards, three touchdown catches. 
but he also had one catch, a carry for 51 yards and a touchdown, four touchdowns on the day. And I mean, we could maybe say, well, you know, the competition that, that they played against or whatnot, but at the end of the day, Duda has been productive. He's been explosive. And I think when he actually gets in front of scouts, because one thing with Ohio State sometimes with their concepts, it's hard to see like their route runners and mm-hmm. how, you know, how does their game translate to the NFL? I, I kind of missed that with Terry McLaurin when he was coming out. And it was really hard to see because all they did with Dwayne Haskins, that quarterback, was with Paris Campbell, with uh, Terry McLaurin, crossers, crossers, crossers. Everything was meshed. Everything was meshed. Still, they still do some of those same things, but they do run a little bit more routes. But I think when you get Garrett Wilson in front of NFL scouts and he's out there at pro day or combine, hopefully they have the combine this year, I think you'll get to see him put his, like, just full ability on display. And I think that might even shoot him higher up on people's draft boards, especially if he runs how people feel like he should run. I, I think that's going to be really telling, and it's interesting that you bring up, obviously, the, the comparison to Campbell and McLaurin, I think, goes a, a long way, because now you have Olave leading in, in touchdowns. You have Wilson having more yardage in, in terms of moving the ball, moving the chains a little bit more. I think, in general, I think there's a, there's a higher frequency of, of chance on the touchdown passes, right? So, like, I wonder if the scouts aren't going to lean towards who's getting me yards and getting me first downs and lean towards that just in terms of the production as well. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we got to talk about too, kind of how they get in this production. And you have a, a freshman quarterback, CJ Stroud, <laughs> a guy who didn't start off necessarily well, especially against Minnesota. And you've been seeing how he's been coming along each week and he's just getting better and better. Had a tough loss against Oregon. People started to count him out, but ever since then, I mean, he's just been going crazy. And on the year, 30 touchdowns, five interceptions, not bad for a freshman out of California, 6'3", 215 pounds. He's somebody that will be looking uh, for down the line. But I think he's doing a really good job of just, in general, the ball dis- distribution to all the receivers. And we talked about them having a JSN, nine catches, 139 yards for him between the three receivers, 28 receptions. I mean, like, explosive receivers, the quarterback's doing a good job of getting all the guys the ball. But I have to ask you this before, you know, we go to our break. If you had to pick one of the receivers between Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who are you taking? Can I take JSN yet? Oh, wait. No, I can't. Um, uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, right now, I personally am leaning a little bit more towards Wilson. Now, it's been neck and neck all season for me. I, I literally have them one and two on my watch board. They've kind of flip-flopped a couple of times at this point. So for me, it's going to be about not only do you finish out the season strong, but right now, especially with the Oklahoma loss, they're clearly going to be in a good position for the CFP. And if they get to that playoff game, what who does what in, in the playoff against the highest competition in the league, in the, in the nation? That's what I need to see. Yeah, need to see that, especially because right now the Big Ten, we'll see, usually they're known for defense right now, not playing much defense against Ohio State. But I will say what is playing good defense is Bilt Bar. And if you haven't tried it already, you need to try it or you're missing out. And they say it's a it's a protein bar, but it really doesn't taste like one. It, it, I mean, it's an extremely amazing bar. We're talking about, uh, it. you know, most protein bars are like chalky and waxy and just really hard to eat. But the Built Bar, it's soft. It's covered with 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, man, you'll swear that you're eating something different. It almost tastes like like a candy bar, almost like a snicker. All right, Built Bars are low in carb, low in calorie, and low in fat and sugar. So 
they have all those things where they're working good in defense, but also high in protein. So it's definitely healthy and gives you all those good benefits on top of being extremely tasty and delicious. All right, so another great thing about Bill Bar, there's so many mouth-watering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, my favorite and my wife's favorite, salted caramel, and they also have double chocolate cherry barcia. So what are you guys going to do, man? You guys are going to go right now to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off of your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off of your order. And also, I mean, we're back right now. Obviously, we're watching college football. We're watching NFL. Basketball is back. Let's go. Great time. And it's best time to get in on the odds and props and lines on betting. All right. Bet online remains your number one spot for all basketball, football, and action this season. Head over right now to our updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code locked on to receive your bonus. It's very simple. All right. Now, it doesn't matter the sport. We're talking about football, basketball, baseball when it was in season, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of this amazing offer available throughout the 2021 season. All right. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's bet online where the games start. And speaking of starting, we have to start talking about this receiver. All right. This guy's name is Cedric Tillman, and he's not being talked about at Tennessee. <laughs> you would have thought he would start to get on people's radar, especially guys like me. Um, after what he did against Alabama, we're talking about seven catches, 152 yards, had an explosive game down the right sideline. But no, we didn't talk about him yet. But then he goes and plays against Georgia, and I get it. Tennessee, they just get they get dogged. I think they kind of held it, stood in there for a little bit early on, but end up losing big time. But they can't say it's because he didn't show up. Ten catches, two hundred yards, a touchdown against Georgia in that stout standout defense. With I mean, NFL players littered amongst mm-hmm. that secondary linebacker core, defensive line. Talking about one of the best, if not the best. I mean, it is the best defense in college football. 10 catches, 200 yards. This guy went off, and he's a guy who 6'3", 215 pounds. I'm like, man, he has the body. He has the explosive ability. I think we might need to be talking about Cedric Wilson. I mean, excuse me, Cedric Wilson. Cedric Tillman a little bit more. And on top of all that, all those good things, we talked about it from a height, weight, speed standpoint, a production standpoint. But he's been all academic in the SEC every year he's been there. So wow. on top of having all the ability and, you know, the, the production to back it, talking about somebody that's smart as well so i don't know how much you've watched him but i definitely want to kind of come out and talk a little about it. she give us flowers and i can't wait to continue to dive into his film yeah you know i i watched the most reps that i saw i think was against old miss An- another solid outing right but i'm glad that you mentioned the the academic part because i think that's that's the difference in making the leap to the nfl right you're playing against top competition physically in the, the conference that you play in right now, but it's taking it to that next level. I think that's also, it's not going to be something that makes like everybody's top line of the eval, but I think it does play into it. For me, the big thing is though, like, I don't know what happened against Florida. I didn't see that game. That was like what three targets for 10 yards. So there yeah. are a little bit of questions here, but for me, when I look at a guy and then take out A's production, B's athleticism, how does he run his routes? What does he do? Well, for me, it's about 
where do you stand out? And like you said, the two biggest games have been against the best defense in the nation that has multiple DBs that are going to go in this first round, plus Alabama. I mean, as Alabama be the second team that you beat, you know, that's significant that when he faces his stiffest competition, that he is standing out the most. And that's honestly, when I usually do breakdowns at the end of the season, I go back and I pick out who was the toughest competition. Those are the first games that yeah. I watch. Yeah, that's with me too. A lot of people, you know, ask me about my evaluations and stuff like that. And just kind of prioritizing guys and how you rank them. It's not always, it's not solely going to be on the, the numbers. It's not solely going to be on overall production, but you know, a lot of it's going to be on, especially with me, movement skills, explosive mm -hmm. ability, you know, and then it's going to go to how did he compete against the best of competitions? A lot of times I try to see, did they play LSU? Did they play a Georgia? Did they play right. uh, Alabama? What did it look like when you played against those guys? Could they run away from the defensive backs? You know, did they struggle to create any type of separation where they shut out in those games? Did the defensive coordinator, because I mean, I think, you know, we always talk about at these big time programs like in Alabama, Georgia, these SEC schools, we talk about the players that they have, but also we got to talk about the coaches that are put in place there and the game plans that they come up with because they do a terrific job against guys, especially if a team isn't on their level. And when you see him against Georgia, he's not just playing against the Georgia defense with all those star studded players, he's playing against the Georgia coaches as well who are game planning against the one guy who can make life really tough on them from Tennessee, and even then, he's still been productive in the biggest of games. I think that's a guy that we're definitely going to have to really dive into his film and figure out what exactly is he doing? Why isn't? Why aren't people really talking about him? Why aren't they mentioning him? We talk about Jahan Dotson. We talk about all these other receivers, but this is a guy that's saying, hold on, man, y'all should be talking about me too. Well, and I think you mentioned a really significant portion that differentiates him from um, both Olave and Wilson is that He's like the target, right? Everything else is secondary. They need to and want to go to him early and often and all day long, right? So how do you deal with being the focus of those coaches' philosophy, of their scheme that week? They're meaning to attack you, and especially if you're playing Saban, they're meaning to take you out of that game, and yet you have one of your biggest performances of the season there. I, I think that that's how you get through and back to the academics part is do you understand what they're trying to do to slow you down? That's all important when it comes to the next level. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing is going to see, can he be consistent? So I think from here on out, we're going to be keeping an eye on when uh, Cedric Tillman, again, Tennessee, 6'3 receiver, 215 pounds. How does he do from week to week? And I can't wait to get into that draft evaluation. But, um, man, that's mm -hmm. going to do it for this episode. Want to come in, talk to y'all a little bit, what we saw from this weekend, some fire or forget quarterbacks. Ohio State's receivers, that was fun talking about those guys. I think Garrett Wilson might be the better prospect and also Tillman. But until next time, we'll see y'all. Peace.